Welcome to the State of Business with the Ohio Society of CPAs. I'm Jessica Salerno, Senior Content Manager at OSCPA, and this is the show where we bring you the latest news impacting the business and accounting world from top experts. I spoke with Lee Fredrickson, Managing Partner of Hinge, a marketing firm for the professional services industry, about what's causing the resignation wave and how employers can evolve with the job market. Lee gathered his insights from several of the Hinge Research Institute's studies, including the Employer Branding Study, Inside the Buyer's Brain, and the 2021 High Growth Study. We discussed why financial and accounting staff are leaving their employers, how employers can use this as a time to rebrand, what this means for the future of work, and much more. We kick things off with Lee telling me about the top reasons for the resignation wave. There, we find that there are really three big reasons, I would say, that are driving it. So uh, the first of those big reasons people are leaving is kind of the response to COVID. There are firms' response to uh, the COVID epidemic. And what people are primarily concerned about there, if you dig a little bit deeper, the, the things that you get are uh, that the company or company wasn't ready for this and didn't have a way to pivot and go after new business. So it was kind of caught uh, without preparation and were caught being not really responsive and not really being communicative about what they were doing and why. So, and we found out that when people saw that, saw those things in the management in their firm, that was the people that were most likely to be actively looking uh, for something, some other place to work. So it sounds like it was disappointment in the way a lot of the, um, a lot of the things happened over COVID. Yes, it, it was disappointment in management's response and handling of the COVID situation. And the di- disappointment was mainly around those two things. One being, uh, you know, they didn't seem to have a plan for pivoting and responding to this. And the second being they didn't really communicate very well about what they were doing or not doing or what they knew or didn't know. I, I think people were not, uh, you know, they were pretty tolerant and forgiving of the management teams about not having to have all of the answers. But uh, what they were not tolerant of is a management team just being silent. Yeah, and I can definitely say that just anecdotally, I've heard uh, similar sentiments from uh, CPAs and accountants I've spoken with just over the past year, um, just disappointment yeah. in in their employer's decision. Um, were you able to get a sense in any of this uh, research if the employers were sort of expecting this to happen? Did any of them predict that this might be a result of some of the things that happened over the pandemic? Uh, we didn't really go into, we didn't ask that kind of question, so we I don't know for sure. Uh, but what I can tell you anecdotally is I think most of it is uh, has to do with kind of the overall management style that is prevailing in the firm. Uh, and, you know, when people don't know what to say, you know, one approach you can take is you can explain that you don't know quite what to say and here's what we're doing and here's what we're trying to figure out. That approach landed well, but the approach is 
well, we don't know, so we're just not going to say anything. That's the one that really belly flopped. Uh, a second other risk factor that was pretty uh, played pretty large in our analysis is the mergers and acquisitions. You know, and um, you know, I'm sure you're very well aware of the you know how many mergers and acquisitions there have been. And what we found was that in companies where there was a merger, if you were the firm that was acquired, uh, that immediately increases the likelihood that you'll be looking for another position. So being the acquired firm, and again, and it's pretty, you know, it's pretty, uh, a pretty strong factor. Uh, and the main thing in there that uh, is makes it worse if that happens and there's no plan for integration and there's no visibility in terms of what your role as an individual will be, how the culture will be, you don't have someone in charge of the integration, those kinds of things. Those are really the risk factors around uh, around mergers. Like you mentioned, Lee, that's definitely something we're seeing a lot of our member firms um, merge with with other similar sized firms or, you know, kind of get absorbed into larger firms. It's very popular and has been for, you know, a while now. Exactly. Yeah. The the baby boomers need a way to exit the firm. And that's usually the way. And, you know, and especially with uh, I, I think many firms are viewing some of these mergers, these acquisitions as ways of increasing their workforce. But, you know, if your plan, if your goal is to increase your, your workforce and you do the merger in a way that really works against that, that's an important consideration. And then the, um, really, I think the third factor is just the basic economic, uh, supply and demand, uh, of, uh, you know, the overall need for talent in the marketplace and the relative overall shortage. So I think that kind of mismatch in the labor market is the third thing. You know, that's the thing you hear from the economists all the time. And I, I think if the numbers are, are right, even if every person who was a uh, formerly worked at an accounting firm took a position as an accounting firm, they'd still be hundreds of thousands of jobs short. So that really plays into it too, that, you know, that the basics of the national labor market. And of course, with uh, COVID, uh, the, what used to be local labor markets or regional labor markets, uh, you know, that's becoming a lot more flexible because people are finding out that they can get a different culture or a different kind of working situation is available to them with remote work, which was not the case just a few months ago. Um, can you tell me more about the opportunities that, that firms are having right now or that they could be able to find maybe? Right. Yeah. And, you know, and basically what, what we're finding is, is if you think about it, a lot of these are, uh, I directly fall from what are the risk factors. Uh, one of those, I would say probably the first thing to think about is sort of prioritizing the importance of your employer brand. And when we say employer brand, what we mean is a, uh, it, it's just your reputation and visibility 
as an employer, as a place to work? What are you known for as a place to work? And that is becoming, you know, over the years, that has become more and more transparent with more rating situations and a rise of social media. So there, uh, it, it is becoming as high a priority as your client or prospect facing brand. Uh, you know, it's limiting many firms growths more than the ability to get clients in some ways. So that's the first recommendation is that you prioritize that. Uh, you look at what you can do and you make sure that your website uh, and other materials convey what it's like to work there. You have a very robust uh, section of your website there. A second thing that I can help now is compensation. Uh, we know that um, when you have people who are dissatisfied with their culture, you know, in other words, the way that the firm handled the COVID situation or the way that they're treated or something, they will move to get a better culture. That's the primary thing that drives them. And yes, more pay is important, but for those workers, the better culture is more important. There's another category of workers that are kind of the, uh, we would call them uh, the uh passive lookers. They're not actively looking for a new position, but if something came along, if someone contacts them, uh, they're open to having a conversation. Those passive ones who are happy with the culture where they are, what it takes to move them is that's where more compensation, a richer compensation package can move them if they believe that they're getting to another culture that they will be happy with. Uh, obviously, if they think they're going from a culture they're happy with to one they'll be unhappy with, they're not going to move. But uh, so you can pick up some people who are not actively looking with just a salary. So that's, that's another tip. And there are probably some good people with that. And there are also some very good people who are going to be unhappy with their culture. And there it's really important that your recruiting process really emphasize the culture, the nature of your culture and what it's like to work there. Uh, but one thing that a lot of people miss is uh, candidates are very swayed by the specific people that they will be working with the specific people that will be on their team and they will uh, be working with their colleagues. Uh, so one of the things that we recommend that a lot of firms don't do is encourage interviews with colleagues, uh, even if they're not going to make the final hiring decision so that the person understands the culture and gets to see who they will work with and, and starts a relationship with them. So those are three, three or four of the top things that we think can really make a difference now, uh, focusing on that employer brand, uh, making sure part of that focus is around your culture, making sure that they have the opportunity to meet people that they will be working with and using salary as a way of attracting some of those people that are currently happy with the culture where they are.
And Lee, earlier you mentioned recruiters. Do you have you found that um, recruit recruiters are really, you know, um, taking advantage of this time as well with with so many people now looking or on the job market and are really trying to snatch up those people for those firms? Uh, well, they are. It, it's certainly uh, what we would call harvest season for recruiters uh, because there is so much demand and, and such a challenge. But. They're also challenged by, uh, you know, the getting people and getting them placed in the right places. So while there's a lot of demand for their services, uh, their job is made tougher than it usually is by these very factors we were talking about here. You know, I, I don't know how you can, you know, reasonably think that you're going to recruit uh, a top quality talent pool uh, if you're not offering some kind of options for remote work, uh, if you don't have a positive culture and, you know, if you don't have a good working environment for people, uh, I'm not sure how you would attract and retain anyone these days because they have so many choices available to them that are offering those kinds of things. Right. It is interesting because it made me think, depending on, you know, the company, they they might have um, a number of people leaving. So they think this is an, our opportunity to to maybe find better people, people that fit more of our goals and our mission. But if those people leaving are, like you mentioned, leaving for culture reasons or other reasons, like they probably will still continue to have a hard time finding people to fill those roles if they don't have you know, that solid foundation that you just mentioned. Absolutely. That's exactly the way I would describe it. And are you hearing that firms are able to take advantage of these or do you think it's still, you know, too early to tell? Um, we we find that, the, that there are some firms that are taking advantage of this. Uh, and for example, uh, the firms that are the fastest growing ones uh, are more likely, for example, to offer remote work or they're more likely to offer more flexibility in terms of their employment and relationships. And they're more likely to be more focused on technology and leveraging technology to kind of minimize some of the requirements from work. So, yeah, I, I believe they are taking advantage. And what's happening is some firms are really gaining a competitive advantage by the ability to recruit people and retain them uh, because they're getting to the place of being a great place to work faster. You know, they're making that shift faster. And, you know, partly, uh, I think partly some of it is, you know, when you have, even if you have a well-defined culture and you merge in three or four other firms, uh, you know, before long, that culture kind of gets diluted. And especially, and if you're remote, it, it gets even diluted more, more quickly. So you have to actually be attentive to that culture. Uh, when before maybe, you know, maybe it wasn't quite as important in the past. 
And would you say, are we in the great resignation wave now? And, and how long do you predict that this will last? Um, well, uh, <laughs> it's a good question. Uh, I wish I, uh, I was confident in my predictions about how long it, la- it will last. Uh, I think eventually uh, we're going to go through a kind of uh, normalization of remote work and so forth. So I think some of those things are going to, uh, uh, they're going to slow down. But I do think that the accounting more than some other industries is in for a longer ride uh, because I don't think we're close to done yet on the merger thing. And I don't think we're close to done yet on cultural change and what, you know, what people are looking for in an, a new firm. So some of the things, yes, I can see an end to them. Uh, I think at some point uh, COVID and so forth is going to, uh, you know, normalize and remote work will normalize. But others of these things, the basic supply and the needs, uh, that's going to take a while for that to work through. And I believe there are going to be winners and losers there. And Lee, you've made a lot of great points. Would you have any advice for, you know, employers who from from everything that you've said so far, advice for employers who are really kind of looking to take advantage of this time, what they should be thinking about? Uh, I I think first and foremost is uh, make yourself into the preferred place to work as soon as you can. And by doing that, it's looking at your policies on remote work, on flexibility, on those kinds of things. Uh, Look at your training and advancement and see what can I do to make this a great place to work? And then secondarily, what can I communicate about our culture and our approach. And, and what we have found is that when firms have done that, when they add a robust section on recruiting to their websites, when they make some of the cultural change, uh, they can have a pretty quick impact on recruiting and taking advantage. So, you know, acting quickly and decisively, uh, I think is really the key here. Thank you to Lee for joining us to talk more about the resignation wave and how employers are handling it. What would you like to hear on the podcast? You can let me know at jsalerno, J-S-A-L-E-R-N-O, at ohiocpa.com. And please remember to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.